Chapter Thirty Two of Louise de la Vallere. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eden Ray Hedrick. Louise de la Vallere by Alexandre Dumas. Chapter Thirty Two, which treats of gardeners, of ladders, and of maids of honor. Miracles, unfortunately, could not always be happening, whilst Madame's ill-humour still continued. In a week's time, matters had reached such a point that the king could no longer look at La Vallière without a look full of suspicion crossing his own. Whenever a promenade was proposed, Madame, in order to avoid the recurrence of similar scenes to that of the thunderstorm, or the royal oak, had a variety of indispositions ready prepared, and, thanks to them, she was unable to go out, and her maids of honour were obliged to remain indoors also. There was not the slightest chance of means of paying a nocturnal visit, for in this respect the king had, on the very first occasion, experienced a severe check, which happened in the following manner. As at Fontainebleau, he had taken Saint-Aignan with him one evening, when he wished to pay La Vallière a visit, but he had found no one but Mademoiselle de tonnay charente who had begun to call out, FIRE! and THIEVES! in such a manner that a perfect legion of chambermaids, attendants, and pages ran to her assistance, so that Saint-Aignan, who had remained behind in order to save the honour of his royal master, who had fled precipitately, was obliged to submit to a severe scolding from the queen-mother, as well as from Madame herself. In addition, he had, the next morning, received two challenges from the de Mormart family, and the king had been obliged to interfere. This mistake had been owing to the circumstance of Madame having suddenly ordered a change in the apartments of her maids of honour, and directed La Vallière and Montalais to sleep in her own cabinet. No gateway, therefore, was any longer open, not even communication by letter, to write under the eyes of so ferocious an Argus as Madame, whose temper and disposition were so uncertain, was to run the risk of exposure to the greatest danger. And it can well be conceived into what a state of continuous irritation, and ever-increasing anger, all these petty annoyances threw the young lion. The king almost tormented himself to death, endeavouring to discover a means of communication, and, as he did not think proper to call in the aid of Malicorne or D'Artagnan, the means were not discovered at all. Malicorne had, indeed, occasional brilliant flashes of imagination, with which he tried to inspire the king with confidence, but, whether from shame or suspicion, the king, who had at first begun to nibble at the bait, soon abandoned the hook. In this way, for instance, one evening, while the king was crossing the garden, and looking up at Madame's window, Malicorne stumbled over a ladder lying beside a border of box and said to Manicamp, then walking with him behind the king, "'Did you not see that I just now stumbled against a ladder, and was very nearly thrown down?' "'No,' said Manicamp, as usual very absent-minded, "'but it appears you did not fall.' "'That doesn't matter. But it is not on that account the less dangerous to leave ladders lying about in that manner.' "'True, one might hurt oneself, especially when troubled with fits of absence of mind.' "'I don't mean that.' What I did mean was that it is dangerous to allow ladders to lie about so near the windows of the maids of honour. Louis started imperceptibly. Why so? inquired Manicamp. Speak louder, whispered Malicorne as he touched him with his arm. Why so? said Manicamp louder. The king listened. Because, for instance, said Malicorne, a ladder nineteen feet high is just the height of the cornice of those windows. Manicamp, instead of answering, was dreaming of something else. "'Ask me, can't you, what windows I mean?' whispered Malicorne. "'But what windows are you referring to?' said Manicamp aloud. 
the windows of madame's apartments eh oh i don't say that any one would ever venture to go up a ladder into madame's room but in madame's cabinet merely separated by a partition sleep two exceedingly pretty girls mademoiselles de la valliere and de montalais by a partition said manicamp look you see how brilliantly lighted madame's apartments are well do you see those two windows yes and that window close to the others but more dimly lighted yes well that is the room of the maids of honor look there is mademoiselle de la valliere opening the window ah how many soft things could an enterprising lover say to her if he only suspected that there were lying here a ladder nineteen feet long which would just reach the cornice but she is not alone you said mademoiselle de montalais is with her mademoiselle de montalais counts for nothing she is her oldest friend and exceedingly devoted to her a positive well into which can be thrown all sorts of secrets one might wish to get rid of the king did not lose a single syllable of this conversation Malicorne even remarked that his majesty slackened his pace in order to give him time to finish so when they arrived at the door louis dismissed every one with the exception of Malicorne, a circumstance which excited no surprise for it was known that the king was in love and they suspected he was going to compose some verses by moonlight and although there was no moon that evening the king might nevertheless have some verses to compose every one therefore took his leave and immediately afterwards the king turned towards Malicorne who respectfully waited until his majesty should address him what were you saying just now about a ladder monsieur malicorne he asked did i say anything about ladders sire said malicorne looking up as if in search of words which had flown away yes a ladder nineteen feet long oh yes sire i remember but i spoke to monsieur manicamp and i should not have said a word had i known your majesty was near enough to hear us and why would you not have said a word because i should not have liked to get the gardener into a scrape who left it there poor fellow don't make yourself uneasy on that account what is this ladder like if your majesty wishes to see it nothing is easier for there it is in that box hedge exactly show it to me malicorne turned back and led the king up to the ladder saying this is it sire pull it this way a little when malicorne had brought the ladder on the gravel walk the king began to step its whole length hum he said you say it is nineteen feet long yes sire nineteen feet that is rather long i hardly believe it can be so long as that you cannot judge very correctly with the ladder in that position sire if it were upright against a tree or a wall for instance you would be better able to judge because the comparison would assist you a good deal oh it does not matter monsieur malicorne but i can hardly believe that the ladder is nineteen feet high i know how accurate your majesty's glance is and yet i would wager the king shook his head there is one unanswerable means of verifying it said malicorne what is that every one knows sire that the ground floor of the palace is eighteen feet high true that is very well known well sire if i place the ladder against the wall we shall be able to ascertain true malicorne took up the ladder like a feather and placed it upright against the wall and in order to try the experiment he chose or chance perhaps directed him to choose the very window of the cabinet where la valliere was the ladder just reached the edge of the cornice that is to say the sill of the window so that by standing upon the last round but one of the ladder a man of about middle height as the king was for instance could easily talk with those who might be in the room 
hardly had the latter been properly placed when the king dropping the assumed part he had been playing in the comedy began to ascend the rounds of the ladder which malicorne held at the bottom but hardly had he completed half the distance when a patrol of swiss guards appeared in the garden and advanced straight toward him the king descended with the utmost precipitation and concealed himself among the trees malicorne at once perceived that he must offer himself as a sacrifice for if he too were to conceal himself the guard would search everywhere until they had found either himself or the king perhaps both it would be far better therefore that he alone should be discovered and consequently malicorne hid himself so clumsily that he was the only one arrested as soon as he was arrested malicorne was taken to the guard-house and there he declared who he was and was immediately recognized in the meantime by concealing himself first behind one clump of trees and then behind another the king reached the side door of his apartment very much humiliated and still more disappointed more than that the noise made in arresting malicorne had drawn la valliere and montalais to their window and even madame herself had appeared at her own with a pair of wax candles one in each hand clamorously asking what was the matter in the meantime malicorne sent for d'artagnan who did not lose a moment in hurrying to him but it was in vain he attempted to make him understand his reasons and in vain also that d'artagnan did understand them and further it was equally in vain that both their sharp and intuitive minds endeavoured to give another turn to the adventure there was no other resource left for malicorne but to let it be supposed that he had wished to enter mademoiselle de montalais's apartment as saint-aignan had passed for having wished to force mademoiselle de tournay charente's door madame was inflexible in the first place because if malicorne had in fact wished to enter her apartment at night through the window and by means of the ladder in order to see montalais it was a punishable offence on malicorne's part and he must be punished accordingly and in the second place if malicorne instead of acting in his own name had acted as an intermediary between la valliere and a person whose name was superfluous to mention his crime was in that case even greater since love which is an excuse for everything did not exist in the case as an excuse madame therefore made the greatest possible disturbance about the matter and obtained his dismissal from monsieur's household without reflecting poor blind creature that both malicorne and montalais held her fast in their clutches in consequence of her visit to de guiche and in a variety of other ways equally delicate montalais was perfectly furious wished to revenge herself immediately but malicorne pointed out to her that the king's countenance would repay them for all the disgrace in the world and that it was a great thing to have to suffer on his majesty's account malicorne was perfectly right and therefore although montalais had the spirit of ten women in her he succeeded in bringing her round to his own opinion and we must not omit to state that the king helped them to console themselves for in the first place he presented malicorne with fifty thousand francs as a compensation for the post he had lost and in the next place he gave him an appointment in his own household delighted to have an opportunity of revenging himself in such a manner upon madame for all she had made him and la valliere suffer but as malicorne could no longer carry significant handkerchiefs for him or plant convenient ladders the royal lover was in a terrible state there seemed to be no hope therefore of ever getting near la valliere again so long as she should remain at the palais royal all the dignitaries and all the money in the world could not remedy that fortunately however malicorne was on the lookout and this so successfully that he met montalais who to do her justice it must be admitted was doing her best to meet malicorne what do you do during the night in madame's apartment he asked the young girl why i go to sleep of course she replied but it is very wrong to sleep it can hardly be possible that with the pain you are suffering you can manage to do so and what am i suffering from may i ask are you not in despair at my absence of course not since you have received fifty thousand francs and an appointment in the king's household 
that is a matter of no moment you are exceedingly afflicted at not seeing me as you used to see me formerly and more than all you are in despair at my having lost madame's confidence come now is that not true perfectly true very good your distress of mind prevents you sleeping at night and so you sob and sigh and blow your nose ten times every minute as loud as possible but my dear malicorne madame cannot endure the slightest noise near her i know that perfectly well of course she can't endure anything and so i tell you when she hears your deep distress she will turn you out of her rooms without a moment's delay i understand very fortunate you do well and what will happen next the next thing that will happen will be that la valliere finding herself alone without you will groan and utter such loud lamentations that she will exhibit despair enough for two in that case she will be put into another room don't you see precisely so yes but which which yes that will puzzle you to say monsieur inventor-general not at all whenever and whatever the room may be it will always be preferable to madame's own room that is true very good so begin your lamentations to-night i certainly will not fail to do so and uh, give la valliere a hint also oh don't fear her she cries quite enough already by herself very well all she has to do is cry out loudly and they separated end of chapter thirty two